You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can only say that it feels right. It feels right. It feels right. Yeah, I can only say that it feels right. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Lamps Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Radke, and I'm here with Julian Andrews. Julian, what's what's up? Oh, you know, uh, another day of recording uh, the worst podcast ever. Somebody said um, that. Somebody yeah. tweeted us and said we have the worst <laughs> podcast they've ever listened to. Um, WTF. And what made this maybe worse was that it's the first time they've tweeted in like 15 months. The last tweet, so, I mean, their last tweet be... was the last tweet was to Governor Walls telling him to man up. So um, you want to be either the worst or the best, though, right? Like, isn't the if you're, mm-hmm. you know, don't you kind of want to avoid the middle? At least we're eliciting emotion. That's true. So if you're not yeah. first, you're last, regardless. Yeah. And well, or we're just last. <laughs> we're, we're not even in the running for first. Um, before we get into the podcast, we want to thank our good friends over at DraftKings. Um, college football is almost here. So get in your college football lineups when the season starts. Use the code TBPN um, when you sign up. And I think if you put like a dollar in, they, they might match like $200 for, for uh, states that can bet in Indiana and Pennsylvania. So um, go do that because that's fun if you're in those areas. And then we want to um, give a shout out to our good friends over at Three Star Sports Cards. Um, tons of new products in this week, like literally today. We're recording this on a Friday. You'll probably hear it on Monday um, or if you hear it at all because we're the worst podcast ever. Um, but no, uh, like Spectra Basketball, Topps Chrome Baseball um, were released today. I think uh, a few a few football products as well. So um, fun times. Uh, you might have been wondering, well, I hear Julian and I hear Kyle. Who the fuck's this other person here? I need oh. no introduction. I'm not. I'm not waiting to be introduced to hop onto this thing. You know, uh, that's cool. Jace Frederick, second time on the podcast. We're we're happy to have him from the Pioneer Press. Um, Jace, man, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Kyle. How about with you? Um, good. You know, um, obviously, like I think we're all trying to reel from this huge Timberwolves news this week. Oof. One move we can, after another. We can that we can get into. Um, what like. I mean, I, I want to touch on a few things, but I guess that's like my my first um, 
but like the overall vibes, like what, what are the vibes around the team? Cause like, I think this is the time of year when you're super optimistic because training camps like a month away and it's like, well, if all these things happen and blah, 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 like what, what, what are you feeling? Um, and maybe for you, like all the years just kind of like, call like combined together. I don't know. Yeah. I, there definitely was, I think like a little sense of disappointment that more didn't happen. Uh, but there was excitement about this Patrick Beverly trade, getting filling what they thought was a need, um, getting off a couple contracts that I don't think they were too thrilled to be on um, anymore in Wancho, with, especially with the situation, I guess, with him not being able to play for Spain basketball at, at the Wolves' decision. And then uh, obviously Jared Culver is a decision that they kind of determined to be a sunken cost a while ago and to get off that contract and move those two pieces on for somebody who can actually be a valuable member of the rotation. I think they were excited about that. Um, in general, it's kind of a, well, now let's just see what we have because they've liked the idea of this roster, but they haven't seen it. And what stinks is kind of like if you're a Timberwolves fan, that's kind of the same way it was last year. Um, well, let's just see what they have because we've never seen it. And it's kind of the same vibe heading into this year. The only difference now is that there's actually hope for Anthony Edwards, and that's about it. Yeah, and like the Beverly trade, I was actually surprised with, with Timberwolves fans and how they reacted. Um, super optimistic. Yeah. And I, the, the troubling part of it, and I try not to be negative all the time. Like I try to be positive, <laughs> but like, I think part of it is the person that made the trade is also the ones that the, like, it'd be different if the GM before Rosas drafted Culver and signed Hernan Gomez to a three-year deal. But this literally happened like all within the last two years under Rosas. And now we're like, well, he turned that into Patrick Beverly. And it's like, yeah, but he's the one that had those other players too. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, have, I have trouble with that sometimes where I'm like, well, yes, I know. And like, I, I, you don't want to like double down on your mistakes, but also like those were still mistakes. Yeah. And I, I think everybody can point at that and say that that's a negative mark on Gerson Rosas's ledger. And I don't even think he'd fight you on that one. I mean, he might make some excuses about it. Uh, but in general, I think that guy wasn't a good pick. Um, but at the same time, there is something of like, sometimes you just have to eat it, you know, and, and it is a worse mistake, as you said, to double down or, or to try to like make it like, oh, well, we can just see if this works out um, or try to force it into working out, um, force him into more minutes, things like that, when you can just tell it's not a positive asset for your team. So I do give somebody credit for being like, not waiting forever, saying, okay, this is two years and I see it's bad. I understand it's bad. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move yeah. on. Um, and that's probably as important as like in management as anything else is like, you're not going to bat a thousand. And especially after his last draft class, it's like, look, we got Jaden McDaniels. Obviously we do took Anthony Edwards, number one, like I would have done that too, but there were some people who would have went other directions. So you're clearly not terrible at the whole draft thing. Uh, you can kind of Pat yourself on the back for that and be like, look, I made one bad pick. I haven't made all bad picks. Uh, that one's got away from us, but let's just move on and get what we out of this. Now, I think what's interesting is like everybody's like home run off season for the Timberwolves. And I'm like, is Patrick Beverly better than Ricky Rubio? Because I don't think he is. Right. And you, yeah. you can say what's a better fit or whatnot uh, for your team. But frankly, like I think Ricky Rubio was really great for culture. Like people talk about culture and toughness and Pat Beverly and, and that's kind of true. And then there are also some times where it definitely does look like fake hustle and things like that. I'm just trying to be a gnat. And I think Ricky Rubio brought a lot of things just in general to like the culture here that isn't maybe just like get up in your grill and whatnot. Um, if that's culture, but Ricky Rubio was like accountability culture, which is as important as anything else. Um, so you can look at it in a vacuum and say, Pat Beverly, Torian Prince, and what equates to about $3 million more million and a second round pick is better than 
Ricky Rubio, Jarrett Culver, and Juancho Hernan Gomez. But I just look at like the best piece of those things and Ricky Rubio and Pat Beverly. And who would I rather have? I would probably rather have Ricky Rubio on my team. So that's why for me, like the offseason is very much like it's fine. But I just feel like you're in a very similar spot as you were before anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I've been getting some pushback on Twitter with people saying basically like, oh, finally the Wolves have some veteran leadership. Um, but I feel like those are the same people who two weeks ago were saying like, well, I hope Anthony Edwards' career can survive the lack of Ricky Rubio. So I, I just, yeah, I feel like there's been some contradiction um, in how people have reacted, which is okay. Like we don't all have to be analysts, even though, you know, a lot of us, I think, uh, behave like it on Twitter. But I, I, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I hope it works out. We talked about this last time. People are still mad at me for saying I don't like the trade. That's okay. But at the same time, yeah, it's just like I just wish there was a little bit more of a, a track record of vision here, um, so it doesn't just feel like every conversation or every off season we're having the same conversation where it's like, oh, some interesting pieces. Like let's let's see how this works. Yeah, we look at like the money saving. It's like, did anybody go into the offseason being like, okay, they've got to free up some cap space to make sure they can bring Jared Vanderbilt back? Like, was that? Right, no. But now all of a sudden it seems like it was like what the whole offseason was designed around is how it's going to be looked at in retrospect, which is kind of like, I think it just worked out that way. You know, I don't think that had to be like the target plan. They might frame it as the target plan, but I'm pretty sure it's just kind of like, yeah, that's kind of how the chips fell. So that's what we're going to say was our plan all along. Yeah, and I guess if you look at it that way too, because it's like, I think a lot of people wanted McLaughlin back and like, it seems like that's probably unlikely now. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see, but like when, when Rubio left, it was like, okay, McLaughlin will get his chance now and probably cheaper than what a backup point guard would be. And then they ended up just, which again, like Julian, you nailed it on, on Tuesday. I mean, like are the wolves better than they were yesterday? Like before the trade and the answer is like a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you just wonder like, you know, were there other moves to be made? I don't know. I mean, Jace, I, I'm like, I'm kind of bummed because um, Balmero was supposed to have his press conference today. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about him after the fact. But um, I mean, like that, because we all talk about the, the Wolves didn't have a draft pick and blah, blah, blah. But like, I mean, they kind of have a first round pick and he's he's playing this year. So um, that's exactly what Gerson Rosas wants you to say, too. Yeah, but well, I mean, we, we had a first round pick. It, we just signed it, a first round pick. It we is will kind, sign here. It is kind of true. It's like when you play like NBA 2K. And you trade all your future first round picks, but then you just take a guy in the year before that's overseas and won't come over for like two years. So then um, you're still replenishing. I mean, like in that way, like it is kind of smart actually. Um, But like, is it one of those things where we're being super irrational about how good we think he's going to be? Cause everybody's like, Oh, it's like, we're getting Manu Ginobili. (laughs) Well, but everyone either thinks he's going to be like a great, like he's going to be like LeBron light or they think he's a point guard. Like, or yeah. is he, is his impact more of like what, like uh, he honestly kind of reminds me of like Bielitsa, like, like not in the type of player that he is, but maybe more in like the impact department. I think that's a really good estimation. Like, and I don't even know, like Bielitsa, this is the same way. If you're good, is Nemanja Bielitsa even in your rotation? Because oftentimes the answer is no. And I think Leandro Bomaro, especially early on here, that might be the same thing. Like, I still think that's definitely a development project. Bomaro will get here and they'll have to frame him into being a rotation player or like a player who can really help you. Where right now, I think if, Le- if Leandro Bomaro is playing on your team, like playing rotation minutes here this year, you're probably not very good. That's just kind of how I feel about where he's at and like seeing where he's at and, and listening to some people who 
know even better than I do, uh, much better than I do, frankly. Like that's kind of the consensus is like I don't he's not going to come in and be some like, massive contributor, and that's fine. Like say like where they drafted him in the draft, that's that's the case for a lot of guys in that range anyway. And now it's a year later, uh, but I think the same is still true. Um, he certainly has had a lot of international experience and whatnot, but as far as like what he can do at the NBA level, I think there aren't a lot, lot of things that fit that mold quite yet, um, but not to say he can't get there. I just don't think you should expect like Leandro Bomaro, like don't patch him into the rotation somewhere because I don't think that's a lock whatsoever. Yeah, let's go through actually like the rotation just off the top of my head. So it's like your starting lineup is probably like Russell, Beasley, Edwards, um, McDaniels, Towns. Is that right? Um, yeah, there are a lot of people who – or Prince be very Towns. interesting. Yeah, like maybe Prince, but Prince feels like a bad four too. Like they don't have an the, the thing about them right now is they don't have like any real fours. Yeah. Except they're two way guy. Like that's about it, you know? And um so yeah, Prince is like the guy that came to the league as a three, but he's like tough. So well, can like, you bring right. can you bring Beasley off the bench with And Pat I think Bradley? that's I think that's entirely possible uh, that that ends up being the case. It's just like now that frees up your four spot, but again, it's like who's playing it? Um, and that might be Prince, but if you're playing McDaniels Prince, like it's long enough for sure. Uh, but it's the same kind of thing where like it's physicality and whatnot. Like we always talk about those as problems and now you're going to roll with McDaniels Prince cat as you're, and still probably get beat up quite a bit inside by bigger opponents, which is mm-hmm. the same problem as always. So, but I think that could be likely, uh, but like the one Kyle listed is probably their like quote unquote best lineup, but if, is it balanced enough? I don't know. Uh, but that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, and off the bench, Beverly and um, Vanderbilt and, um, you know. Oh, yeah, Vando could easily be the starting four, too. Who knows? Yeah, who doesn't, whoever doesn't start, which is crazy that Jared Vanderbilt. Um, Yeah, no, it's interesting. That's still where the team is at. That's still where the team is at, where you're like, Like, you list roles for guys, and you're like, oh, that's kind of crazy, you know, but that's still where they are as a team. But in seriousness, though, like, when you, like, when you think about, like, hey, like, four of your rotation guys are, Russell, Towns, Beasley, and Edwards. It's like, okay, let's play. And then you look at the, the next four and you're like, oh, okay, like we have three power. Jaden is, is like J- J- yeah, Jaden. I'm I'm very optimistic about Jaden's like long term potential. Yeah. Um but I, yeah, like in year two, like he's like the same thing. Like if he's on a good team, like how many minutes is Jade McDaniels at? Like how many minutes would he play last year? Like, he feels like know. he could be useful though, like to a good team. Like he feels like the type of player that with a little bit more could be, you know, could have a rotation on. Where do you guys feel? Where does Nas fit into all this? And like, how do you guys feel about him? They've declared him basically like Chris Finch has even said it recently. Like he is our backup center and it's, it's in more of a traditional role, but you know, it depends on how much you're playing with with cat like traditional center Nas might play 14 minutes a game you know and right. and that might kind of be where it is and frankly i don't like people do love Nas, and i understand why and like his jump i think from year one to year two was pretty big i just like his ceiling i don't think is super high as a player and i know some people disagree with me on that i just look at like mobility and things like that and what he can do and i i don't like i think backup center is like right where Nas reed should be yeah really. Mm-hmm. He's not, I mean, he's not that strong. He's not that good of a defender. Like, I know he's working on those things. So, like, I guess we haven't seen him. So, can't really judge. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I agree. I, and, like, yeah. and that's not to say that, like, Gerson doesn't get credit for – because I think when you when you say, well, he missed on Culver in this, everybody's like, well, he got Nas Reed and he got uh, Jalen Noel and he got McDaniels. And, like, McDaniels is for sure the biggest win. And then people are like, well, he got Edwards. It's like, well, yeah, the number one pick. Like, I mean, it was him or, like, if you didn't take him or ball, like, 
it would have been a disaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like with with Reed and like McLaughlin and like Jalen Noel, it's like that's fine. But also like what are, like what are their ceilings too? Like there's a reason why they went. To, like the fact that they're able. I mean, it's honestly probably more of like a development thing that like we're able to like put them into a system where they they have some um, some success. Um, Jason, where are you at on the like? I'm not going to tell you to make a prediction on August 20th, but like, what's like the best case, worst case, like th- this season for the Wolves? Um, because you know you see all the injury stats of well, when the when Russell Beasley and Towns or whatever the stat is, and they're healthy. Blah, 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 right? I'm sure, like, it's in every press release that you get right now. Um, it's, like, one of those, like, fun, tid- like, Wolves tidbits. Like, on a Tuesday on Thursday night, or uh, on a Tuesday after 10 p.m., Kevin Love <laughs> averages more rebounds than anybody else from Which six is foot funny eight because to six foot 11. So much effort goes into those. And when are you ever going to write that or anything? Like, like they're just useless. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if it's just, like, people going down a rabbit hole. And I've gone down rabbit holes myself and come up with facts that – I would never use, but find it interesting for myself. But it's uh, like going out like little press releases and stuff, and it's like, thanks, nobody's touching that. As, as someone who used to write those things, <laughs> yeah, and and you, Kyle, like, yeah, uh, yeah, you had to stretch. Well, and some of the like, some ones are fine, but then you have to like say it out loud and be like, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> like when it's like Carl Anthony Towns is the best shooter, and like it's him and Kevin Durant, and it's like he's just he's just as good as those guys. It's like. Well, no, I mean, like, right. I mean, one guy's taking weird. spot up open looks out. Yeah. Goals, and one guy's taking three triples, two guys in his face and pulling up and hitting. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. Potato, um, potato. And, yeah. Uh, back to the original question. Uh, is there a scenario where like, the wolves are like the six seed? Like, is that like, is, can wolves fans like be that excited? Um, I, I really think like the ceiling for this team, this group right now, and this is probably some people probably consider this a low ball, but I see it as like being one of the four playing teams. I don't know where they fit and advancing out of that and getting into the playoffs, like from the play in finishing then as playing the one or two seed and getting bounced. Like, I think that would be a pretty good step forward with just basically what's kind of the same roster as before. Like people get so excited about that finish and it was like, it was 13 and 11 or whatever, or maybe what was it like? I don't know. Nine and and seven, nine and seven over the last 16 games. Like, and it was like, oh, that's a winning record over the last 16. That's great. A, like, that's like playing pace. And B, that what that was literally like they talk about the two wins over the Jazz. Yep, the Donovan Mitchell is Jazz. Like, we always the talk about, like, yeah, the Magic, the Pistons, like, teams like that. And everybody always wants to talk about the Timberwolves and all they didn't have all these guys healthy. But when the pretty healthy Timberwolves beat the Donovan Mitchell is Jazz, that's to be celebrated. You know, and yeah. I understand that's what fandom is, and that makes sense. But it's like, there are asterisks next to a lot of the wins. Um, like you said, like the Magic and Pistons weren't even like NBA teams at that point. The Wolves played some good teams down the stretch in like the last five, and only against the Mavericks did they do well. Uh, they lost to the Nuggets. They looked pretty terrible against the Celtics. Like it wasn't the greatest finish either, um, other than the finale went over the Mavericks, which just lost them a bunch of ping pong balls. Um, so I think like maybe finishing around 500 and getting in is kind of like the best case. Literally the, the case better than that is like, you have to really buy in on like a full off season with this team and Chris Finch. Chris Finch is a mastermind. And I think Chris Finch is a good coach, but I, I'm not always huge on being like, well, this coach is worth 10 wins. Um, and then, you know, like D'Angelo Russell is going to take another big step. And Carl Anthony Towns hasn't had a real development off season in two years and he's going to take a big step. Um, I really think like the biggest one for me is like just Anthony Edwards just continues to get way better. I mean, I think he's the 
shining light for the entire franchise. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the hope for maybe getting to like six, but I think that's a major stretch. And I think plans very likely in the best case scenario. That okay. makes sense to me. Where yeah, are you like, at? Go yeah, ahead. Julian, you go. You're good. All right. I was just saying, yeah, I feel like it's really interesting with, with Edwards because like a, he's probably the best, uh, the best chance to get serious development at this point, because I mean, yeah, Count Ordilo could take a step, but they're pretty well into their careers right now. Like I think just like assuming that Count and Dilo will get 10% better every off season is kind of maybe uh, not a game we want to be playing, but also just like Edwards, I really think that Edwards as the face of the franchise just like makes a lot of sense, just like personality wise and like, for like if you think about the fan perspective it's really interesting how that's kind of shifted because i think you know as good as cat is on the court he's never quite been the off the court personality that people really wanted to glom onto so i really wonder i really think that edwards like even off the court is going to be a bonus for like continue to be a bonus for the wolves but yeah i would 100 percent. i would 100 agree on that and the first thing you said like with the development i think that's garden city towns people talk about development nothing like Skills-wise, he does everything you ever would want him to do. It's not like right. he's missing anything there. It's all about like getting tougher, getting more physical, putting in the effort in the right spots. Um, you know, like defensively, really locking in. Like that's not development you do in the off season. That's like mentally going through, knowing the game plan, sticking to it, getting yourself to stick to it, discipline-wise yeah. during the game. Um, you know, it's it's being physical, maybe putting on even added strength. I guess that's one thing you could do, but being more physical down low, things like that. Like I don't. It's not like. I, that that just comes from a mindset thing, and it'll be impossible to be like, well, now he's had a full offseason. Well, he doesn't need that. He just needs, mm-hmm. like, a, a philosophy adjustment. But with Ant as the face, is, I think it's 100%. I said this, like, he did that summer league, like, two-minute interview on ESPN, and I think a million, like, I can't imagine how many times that got shared when he was talking about, oh, I jumped off, like, Minnetonka. Oh, I'm really good at, oh, I swim like Michael Phelps. All these things. <laughs> and, like, he just makes everybody laugh every single time he talks. And it's all, like, the first thing that comes in his head is what he says. And it's just funny and it's real and it, it, everybody, like you said, they glom onto that. And it's, he's, I've said, he's like, he could easily be one of the most marketable players in the NBA. Forget Minnesota, like in the NBA, if he becomes this all-star caliber player, like I think we all see him capable of doing, like he is going to be, I think a lot of people's favorite player, like in the NBA, because just of who he is, like, it's hilarious. It's entertaining. It's, it's what you want to watch. It's a guy you want to root for. So like, I'm totally with you. Like when Jimmy Butler was here and it was just that one year really, but like, the Wolves really try to push like, yeah, Jimmy and Cat and Andrew, like we've got these three. And like they didn't push Jimmy to the forefront as much because I think they didn't want to like offend Cat and stuff like that. Um, I really think that they should make a pretty big effort to push Ant as hard as they can because when you're trying to sell tickets and everything, like Anthony Edwards will sell tickets for you. And it feels like Cat is in Ant's corner in a way that he wasn't in Jimmy. It's like I don't think that you would have the same like – I don't think Cat would be offended at this point if the Wolves – start like promoting it yeah like it seems like that relationship is really really strong so that's also good i mean yeah right and i think part of that too is like i think cat was younger with jimmy too and i thought i think i think it was very important for cat to be like that like i'm the kevin garnett to this franchise um in you know i don't want to like shit on cat at all but like it's pretty apparent like he's not like he's like this he's like he if the wolves are going to be the best self their best selves cat needs to be like the second best player um we talked about markability. Uh, I want to maybe all three of us, um, because I think we can all agree Carl Anthony Towns is a good person. Um, and Anthony Edwards says things that are funny. And I think most of the time they're intentional. Like he's trying to get, get a laugh and he's trying to be playful. Um, Carl says unintentionally funny things all the time. 
do we have a favorite Carl quote? I'll go first. Um, well, I think I have two. Uh, he's at the NBA draft combine before he got drafted by the Timberwolves. He told everybody that when he was playing, he also wanted to become a doctor. Um, <laughs> so, and I don't think he's gotten his degree yet from, from Kentucky. So, um, whatever. Uh, my second one is we were talking about, I don't know if we were talking about home court advantage or where games were being played. And he said that no matter where the favorite. games are being played, whether they're on the moon, he'll play. Home games, away home, games, home games, games on the moon. That's what it was. <laughs> that's my favorite kind yep. There's no competition. That's, that was good. And we're all like, did he just, did he just say games on the moon? Like, yeah. <laughs> home games, away games, games on the moon. You have to win all of them. And he's not wrong. If they started playing some of the games on the moon. He'd have to play. He would have to win them. I would go with like, well, and this is just in general. And then I, I have a specific one. But it just in general, like his health things, like the way he can kind of like Mm. over not not like COVID or anything like that. I'm talking about like the minor scrapes and bumps like through the first couple of years of his career and like fighting through those and the way he would describe those things. Uh, it was always like, well, there might be a little bit of hyperbole here. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I'll just kind of leave it at that. And then my favorite one, like specific quote, was the Wolves' first couple of years of Carl's career did not take a bunch of threes. They're always playing behind in that. Um, and then I think maybe it was Ryan, maybe it might have been the start of Ryan's first full season or whatever it was. Cat, uh, the Wolves were taking more threes. Um, they had a game where they basically won because they took more threes and they hit like 35% of them or whatever. So, like, they won the math problem or whatever. And Carl goes on and on about this post game and he goes, We're just taking this and we're being pioneers of excellence. Nah. <laughs> Excellent. That's, that's a great that, one. Yeah. I think another one um, similar to like your injury one. And I, I think, again, I think Carl's like a really good guy. I love so I, Carl. I, I don't want to like. This is all very. He just says, yeah, no, he, Carl. he just says such funny things. Uh, it was during his like first two years in the league. He would um, like if the Wolves lost by like 30, Carl would have like 48 points and like 15 rebounds oh, and yes. eight assists. Yep. And, and he'd be like, I got to do I just got to do more. It's like, Carl, you're the only good player on this team. Yeah. And he looks around and he's like going to be tough to sleep tonight. And I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> like you should be very happy about what you yeah. did. This team's going to win 20 games this year. Uh, the, the funny part about that is like, it sounds like you're being a good leader. And I, I'm sure that's Carl's intention. Like he's like, I don't yeah. want to point the finger at anyone but myself. Like we lost, even though yeah. I did all this, have to do more. Their teammates just think that's ridiculous because they're like, no, no, we had bad games. You obviously had a good game. Like you don't have to treat us like we're idiots. Like we know we have to do more. I was uh, two of eighteen. Yeah, was, right. You know, exactly. <laughs> right, right. And then I would say they'll be like, "Yeah, I don't know. No, obviously that's wrong. Uh, I don't know why you said that." But I know it's Carl trying to be a good leader. Like the intentions are always pure. You know, mm -hmm. it's just sometimes the execution isn't flawless. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we talked earlier about um, like draft picks and kind of where the Wolves were right now, um, not having a draft pick. Um, I think, like, the D'Angelo Russell trade is, like, completely done. Um, obviously, we don't know, like, what um, those draft picks will turn into um, and whatever. But um, the, the Warriors ended up getting the seventh pick, and they took um, Jonathan Kaminga with that pick. And I think if most people, you'd be like, before the season, you'd be like, yeah, the Wolves got D'Angelo Russell – for Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga and, you know, whatever the second round pick was. Um, I mean, it, it still feels very much like a wash, right? Like, yeah, I agree. Yep. It, like, I think 
you know, if you, if, you know, I follow a few like warriors blogs on Twitter and they're very much like, man, the warriors fleeced the wolves. And it's like, well, I don't know about that. But then the wolves are like, man, Rosas absolutely crushed this Russell trade. And you're like, well, I don't know about that either. Like, I, I think we're still kind of like in the, like this was a pretty fair trade for where we're at. Yeah. I mean, it's going to come down to like Jonathan Kaminga. I don't know if Minnesota taking him in that spot, but he did seem like the pick, right? Like, that's who I think I would have taken if I was on the clock there at seven. So maybe it comes down to how good Jonathan Kaminga ends up being. Uh, but in general, I think you're right. Like, I think just in general, that seventh pick is about the difference, I would say, between like D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins. Like, I would rather have D'Angelo Russell on my team than Andrew Wiggins. Like, yeah. I know that there are people who will debate that even in like Golden State and whatnot because D'Angelo Russell's time there was went so poorly. And frankly, through like the first half of the year this year, I would have been like, I don't know. There's not much difference between the two players. But Russell did flash more of that ability down the stretch of the season. And maybe it was because he was healthy. But like it's going forward is how we're going to judge that trade. Like nothing that happened last season will have anything to do with how we judge that trade. We'll see like how Andrew Wiggins fits in alongside Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and Draymond Green because it wouldn't have worked with D'Angelo there. Mm-hmm. with those two guards and D'Angelo. And we'll see now with Russell, like, yes, it was good for like 15 games down the stretch. Can he maintain his focus? Can he lock in on the right things? Can he move the ball, share the ball with, you know, make sure Ant's constantly staying involved, those types of things. Give a consistent effort defensively because we saw it in flashes, but certainly not consistently last year. Uh, so how does how does he run this team? How does Wiggins fit in next to the Warriors guys? Like, I think we'll see how who got the better fit overall because yeah. I, I think we think Russell's a better player, but who got what was better for their team, we'll find out. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, okay, uh, last question, and this is kind of a double – like, I kind of have two questions in one here. So, um, Well, you said last question, so I'll, I'll take whichever one I want to answer. Well, you, 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 per your contracts, you have to answer both. Or if, whether we're doing interviews on the moon – um, no matter where we are, my uh, lunar contract is far different. <laughs> uh, a whole new set of rights. You know, I, I think there's definitely, I think, a lot of attention, especially for fans that aren't maybe super positive on Rosas this offseason and going into next season. And I think a lot of people with Rodriguez and Mark Laurie taking over that, like, maybe it's kind of like a make it break it year for Rosas and his crew. Um, I guess my first question is. Do you think that's true? Do you think like if the Wolves end up having another season where they're not in the top 10, that they're going to end like we're going to see another takeover from the the basketball operations side? Wait, what was the second part of that question? The the second part is more on some, I, I think, and you can maybe touch on both of these. I think we've seen a lot of moves this off season, like on the basketball side. And I think you can either look at it as like, well, no, these things happen. People move on. Um, but I think if you read the tea leaves, like, I don't know if things are like great on the Timberwolves basketball operation side. Like I've, you know, just through the, you know, through the grapevines that, that maybe like Gerson isn't um, the, the, like the best tour. I don't know. Like, I just don't know if chemistry over there is like where they think that we think it is. Like I, I, you know, it's very much like, this is our, this is our culture. And it's like, I think you guys might not have a good culture. Cause I think a lot of people want to leave. Um, I don't know like, if there's any, any validation to that. Yeah. Um, I would say like the Mark glory, Alex Rodriguez thing. I mean, they'll be involved in decisions moving forward here. Like, like they aren't the majority owners for two years, but they will have a pretty large say in what's going to happen here um, with like in Glenn's ear and like in general, I think Glenn wants to empower them and be like, yeah, this is like, obviously this is going to be your thing. Like you can help steer the ship here. Um, 
and I so I do think there's like an urgency because I do think that you'll see like Rodriguez and Lori pay close attention to this year um, and talk to people and be like, is this are we are, is this front office is are they going about things the right way? Are they like what's the direction? Do we like this direction? Um, is this the way we want to see the team go? So I think there's probably more urgency, and I think you even see that like in through the organization. Like they aren't stupid; they understand that like it's probably a small runway here where you have to really start showing things, um, whether that be the, pretty much through on court results and then maybe how you shape the roster from there. Like the runway is small, and that can lead to like tensions. That can lead to like people being uneasy. Uh, I think that might be some of what you're seeing here. But like for sure, like there's a lot of pressure on Gerson Rosas because if things aren't going great this year, if the Timberwolves say they somehow take a step back, I don't see how that'd be even possible. But or just stay in neutral with where they are. Like I think that they're absolutely like there's absolutely a world I think where this could be Gerson Rosas's last season here. It feels like yesterday that we were all like, wow. Culture is going to change around here. and um, Well, that's why, I mean, I just, I don't get why anybody in pro sports even trumpets that. Um, you should Because, like, yeah, culture is largely, like, maybe on the business side and how you're treating your employees there. And you can certainly, like, treat your basketball operations employees with, you know, do what's best for them, things like that. But, like, yeah, you can't say, like, oh, yeah, we're all about the players that's best for the players. And then, like, oh, and then we had to deal with this guy. And, and we had later, to fire our yeah, and then we had to fire we had to fire our coach in New York after the first day of a road trip, and then we had to not, you know, let our forward who were literally we probably knew we wanted to trade at this point, and that's why we couldn't let him play. We can't let him play for his country and what's like the most important thing for him um, in the Olympics and Spain's big shot at a gold medal. We can't let him play because we might want to trade him in a week, and the, and then that's the business. I get that. That's fine. But just don't be like, oh, we're all family here. Right. We are all family. They're all members of our family. Because that couldn't look more hypocritical and stupid when you do yeah. this. Just don't trumpet it. No, And nobody – and the people hiring should not be sitting here like – and I'm sure like the Timberwolves organization's jaw dropped when culture gets dropped. And like, yes, yes, yes. It's silly. It doesn't translate to pro sports. Don't lean on it. Don't make it part of your big process, anything like that. Like you can have cohesion. Like you can have somebody who like wants to work and understands the importance of working with the business side and the basketball. Like it's important to have some crossover there and have some like, okay, here's why this helps us and why we need that. Yep. That makes sense. But it doesn't need to be culture, 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 because in pro sports, I don't really think that's as much of a thing. And, and in pro sports, it's like the things that make culture. Like if you look at really successful franchises are accountability for performance and like not having sexual harassment scandals you know it's it's like it's like those two it's like workplace equity and like accountability for performance and if you can get those then you can like build a culture but beyond that like yeah you're completely right it's a really cutthroat business and it's always gonna be and and, i mean julian you might have been in well okay two things i'm all over the place i've had two cups of coffee um (laughs) one is it was a lot of fun being an employee when Gerson came in because it was like this mm-hmm. this culture culture and we made these track the packs right and we're everybody's like Noah Vonley is like man I love this team I love this spaghetti or I love this lasagna right. and then like three weeks later all those guys are gone and it's like oh what the like what are we do like I didn't think these guys were actually going to help us win but like I thought we cared about their families and now we're like they're gone and again that that is the business but it is hard to be like we love culture but it's like well you've signed eight guys to one year deals so like. <laughs> your, like your culture is going to be over whatever. Um, my second thing is Julian, you might've been in this meeting. It was when Ethan Cassin, the CEO of the Timberwolves said, um, basically told the staff, like, we don't want wins and losses to define how we do success on our side. And yeah. it's like, I get what you're saying. It's like, you don't like, if you, if you lose, like you're still going with your head down, 
But at the same time, like that's impossible because if you're a shitty franchise, like your culture's just shit. Like the only marketing campaign you, that really matters is whether or not the team is performing. Like exactly, like there isn't, there's right. no way for the business to compensate for a bad team. You can like make adjustments on the margins, and you can be a good business organization that capitalizes on success. But if your team is losing, there's nothing you can do. If fans don't want to come watch like the Wolves like brick 53s a game, they're not going to come watch. You know, you know when they had sellouts when Jimmy Butler played. Like yeah, that's right. just it. And you can yeah. say, "Oh, the culture was bad that year." It's like, well, everything else was good. Um, people yeah. were in the fans. The team was winning stands. The fans, I mean, yeah, fans were in the stands. The team was winning games. Like, great. And then, yeah, yeah. sure, people didn't get along, <laughs> so it didn't last forever. But that was also like kind of funky circumstances, you know? Like, yeah. It feels like if we go back and do that again, like everybody does it differently and tries to figure. But then again, Jimmy's probably he doesn't he didn't want to be here anyway. So, sure. um, yeah. yep. All right. Well, I have a meeting in two minutes. Um, good time to cut out then. Great, great time to cut out. <laughs> uh, Jace, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Um, everybody listening, uh, our friends over at DraftKings and Three Star Sports Cards. Thank you, Julian. I'll talk to you um, next week. Well, this week, I don't know. You're you're listening to this on a Monday, so Maybe. we'll talk to you. Talk to you later this week. All right. Later, guys. Always a pleasure, guys.